If you're feeling stuck, facing your challenges and overcoming your obstacles, and just having a problem with determining what your legacy will look like, well, I invite you to join us with Your Life and Legacy Podcast, uh, where we're going to talk about everything from life, including what it is to redefine what your legacy is. I'm your host, Byron Nelson, and welcome. Thanks for joining us with the Your Life and Legacy podcast. Uh, I'd like to tell you exactly what we do and what we talk about on this podcast. Um, I'm a life coach with Life and Legacy Coaching, I'm the founder. And what I came to realize as I was in the financial world is that people in my community needed more than just finance coaching. They needed mental health coaching, physical as where just as where as sorry, as well as spiritual coaching. And oftentimes people would come to me looking for uh, was it insurance, mortgages, or anything like that, and they had things going on in their life that was just daunting or just taking over. So they're looking for a goal of buying their first home, and. They had other things that were just getting in its way, whether it's issues with just work, the stress of trying to save a down payment, the stress of feeling like they're not adequate enough to even get a home because it seems like it's just so far out or it seems like it was too impossible to achieve. And in our community, we know we're behind. So... When it comes to understanding how we gain our finances and how we look at finances, it's it's important to ask that question. What is what is your relationship? What I've found out is that people didn't have a real relationship. They just went out and worked and paid their bills. And that's fine for a lot of people. But when you have goals, when you have ideas, when you want to be better and more, you have to dig a little deeper. And it was frustrating at times because I wanted to dig a little deeper into their lives to see how I can help. And the time wasn't allotted, you know, for mortgages and life insurance and things like that. And those are important aspects and components of everyone's life, everyone. But when you have this huge elephant hanging over you, and I always call it an elephant because it's it's a mental block. When you have it hanging over you, you can't always be productive enough to be the best of you. And that's me included. That's me included. So what I started to think about, and I'll tell you how I came to that conclusion. What I started to think about was, where was I in this world? Where was I? You know, I had some some successes, and but there's more I could have been, you know. And there was those blocks, and I, I just looked back and I was like, well, what was blocking me? And it was who I am. It was my blocks because I didn't know how to get past those things. I didn't know what the next steps were, and I didn't know that because I wasn't taught it. And it was no fault of my mom. It was just she didn't know either. And that is the plight of a lot of black families. 
your family grows up and the first thing they're going to try to do is get a job to survive in this world. There's rarely talks about finances, talks about mental health, talks about physical health, you know? So those kinds of things often created that, that disconnect from that legacy mindset or that ideal of who you can be in the, in the end. So when I started thinking about where I wanted to go, what I want to do, it wasn't just like, oh, based on this. No, it was after I had COVID and all the things behind COVID, not get into, I can care, care less about what they're trying to do or what it is going on with COVID. Um, because right now there's nothing I can do to fix that or change anything. I can complain about many things, but if I can't fix or adjust it, I have to move past that. And that's one thing that I hope this podcast helps you realize. But my story is this. In September 2021, me and my fiance, we caught COVID. Well, no big deal, but it was a big deal. I lost my taste. I remember driving, uh, I took her to work, I think, and I stopped at Wendy's on my way back and I got their breakfast. I had never had their breakfast before. And I remember they had these potato wedges and I was like, yeah, I'm going to eat these. And I ate one on the drive back home. Like we all do. We eat, you know, French fries or anything like that. And it didn't taste right. So I'm like, oh, maybe it just doesn't have that much taste, you know, no seasoning, you know. So I got home and none of it tasted good. I'm like, what? Oh, no. So I call her and say, hey, I'm going to have to get tested because I think I lost my taste. And she's like, well, I wasn't feeling well either. So she did her test because she's a nurse immediately. And they didn't know until like a little bit later that she came up positive. So um, came back home and we both had COVID. Well, if you had COVID probably recently, it hasn't been as bad, especially if you're vaccinated. So we weren't vaccinated and that's a whole other story. Um, but so what happened was I started getting fevers. Um, and when I say fever, it was just like the annoying fever. It wasn't high enough to where I need to go to the hospital, but it was annoying enough to where I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't stay warm. I still didn't stay cold, um, enough or anything like that. So I was trying different ways to cool my body down, but it would get too cold and then get too hot. It was just annoying. Um, and nothing was working. I mean, it was COVID. I mean, there was nothing out there to work. And uh, she didn't lose her sense of taste, but she had the body aches and everything like that. Well, I didn't have the body aches. I just had the fever and the loss of taste. Well, because I lost my sense of taste, I couldn't enjoy meals. So I couldn't eat and I didn't feel like eating because I was feverish. Um, so I wouldn't eat anything and I barely drunk anything because it didn't taste well. And when I say it doesn't taste well, I don't know if you've ever lost your sense of taste, but it just didn't taste like anything that I could consume, especially being sick. And I know 
we can say men are babies when they're sick and stuff like that, blah, blah. But that wasn't the case. It was just very hard for me to, uh, to ingest things. Um, and I had no appetite. So I was really forcing myself to drink and everything. So, um, because she's in the medical field and I've been worked around the medical field and different things associated with that. We had pulse, uh, things called pulse X or pulse R things, um, where you put on your finger and it tests your blood oxygen and everything. So we had one of those, um, in addition to, you know, thermometers and stuff like that. So I remember walking upstairs and I was going to do, I remember they were talking about if you get in a prone position, um, it helps clear your, um, lungs from what COVID was doing to our, to the lungs at that time, it was clogging them and everything like that. So I was going upstairs into our bedroom to do that. And I said, let me just do this, you know, check my blood oxygen right now. And it kept reading 32 or something like that. Some low number. Now, if you don't know that, that number should be around nineties, high nineties. So thirties means that there's something definitely wrong. So she came up and took it and she dismissed it easily because as a nurse, she's like, this has to be something wrong because I'm up walking around, I'm talking. Um, and usually in her cases, she see people below 70 and they're barely breathing. They're having a hard time breathing. And I wasn't really having a hard time breathing. Plus I was thinking maybe I just, cause I just came upstairs, you know, when you wind it, when you come upstairs. So I was thinking maybe that's why it was so low. So she's like, no, there's something wrong. So we end up trying to go to a walk in clinic. They wouldn't let us go. Um, they didn't want us coming in. So no one knew what was going on. You know, COVID was still running rampant. And then we ended up just going to the hospital. Well, as soon as I got to the hospital, they took my blood oxygen again. It was in the thirties. And they're like, how are you standing? How did you walk in here? And I'm like, I just walked in and they immediately put me on oxygen and admitted me. I was in the hospital for six days and that was, that was the beginning of the, the moment when I realized that I've been wasting a lot of time in my life doing things mediocre, doing things just to get by and weren't, and wasn't passionate about things because at that moment I wasn't, I was facing possibly a life or death situation. It was still a lot of unknowns. I'm on oxygen. I can barely walk, you know, and it was just like, what am I doing with my life? You know, and just like uh, a week or two ago, my grandma had passed. I don't know if it's a week or two. I, it's kind of fuzzy with that time frame because we had went to the funeral a week or two ago. So she had passed a week before that. So it was a tough time and it gave me no time to grieve. It gave me no time to waste because I was fighting for my life. And I remember just thinking like, is this where it's going to end for me in the hospital alone? Because no one can come in with you. So she's at home with COVID dealing with her own sickness worried about me 
and I'm in the hospital by myself. And that was a tough time. And as I'm here speaking with you, of course I made it. Yeah. Thank God. Because there's a lot of people who didn't. But it made me take a different approach of what I wanted to do. But the thing is, it wasn't as plain as day as you may think. You see the movies where they something happens and all of a sudden they have this aha moment. They know exactly what they want to do in life. It, it wasn't like that. And it wasn't like I was just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I know this is how I'm going to do things. And keep in mind, I've been coaching people for years about their finances and just giving them pointers about life and things like that, not thinking anything of it. That was just what I did. I mean, my background is I have a degree in psychology. So I was just always drawn to that. And I remember even working as a deputy, I was doing that to inmates. So it wasn't a big thing to me. So coming out of the, out of the hospital, thank God, you know, seeing my fiance, you know, seeing, seeing my house, you know, seeing all the things that I had took for granted as in just everyday things and being, and seeing that the world didn't stop, you know? No one of my neighbors didn't know I was missing, you know, or in the hospital. No one knew because I mean, they had their own lives, you know? And I realized that so many things go on in this world that gets passed on because, well, there's no one bringing attention to it. And I wasn't bringing attention to my life. And not that I want to be attention or anything like that. When I'm talking about attention, I mean, I wasn't living a grand old life because I wasn't putting a grand old effort into it. And that made me realize that I need to start doing that. But it was a struggle. It was a big struggle once I got out. I remember just working day to day. And keep in mind, I went back to work like the next one. I got on a Thursday and I was back working on Monday. You know, it was a struggle. And I'm putting to work. And every day I was just like, why am I here? What am I? What's next? You know? I've overcame COVID. You know, what is my next phase in life? What am I supposed to do? And I had no clue of what I want to do. But there was something in me telling me what I wanted or what I, how I wanted. I just couldn't facilitate. I couldn't, couldn't bring it out of how I wanted it in my mind. So it would just sat on me. It just sat on me for a while. And so I, towards the end of the year, that year, I was like, maybe I want to be a coach. Maybe I want to help. Other people. And I always want to do something like that because that's what I went to school for. I went to school to be a psychologist. But when I realized it was just not what I, the ideal of psychologists in my mind prior to it was a whole different idea than what it was in real life. And I didn't want to deal with that. So I looked into life coaching and I said, well, I've been doing this for so long. I'm just going to tweak it a little bit and yeah, let's do this. And some people will say, well, how can you be a life coach when you've only done financial stuff? And if you ever work in this community, black community, you're going to see that you are part of a life coach because Unlike a lot of other communities, our communities are unique when it comes to finances. Because there has to be a mental mindset created sometimes. 
in order to have them achieve those financial goals. And a lot of times people don't realize that because they don't have, they already have it. They already have those, those key ingredients that are there. And sometimes people don't have the, the people in the place in their life to do that. And I want to be the people in place, or at least to help anyone who's, who's willing for that help to get to those, those spots in their life where it's not just about finances, it's about their mental health, their physical health and things like that. So fast forward to today, we look at the podcast, the business, books that are written and coming out. And I feel like there's so much more I can do and there's so many more people I want to reach and there's so many conversations I want to have. And that's the driven part of me. That's the drive because I know there's always going to be a conversation that needs to be had. And there's always going to be a point where I need to just see where everyone is, see where someone is in their life to understand why that block is there. Why that, that one thing that keeps them from moving to the next level is there, you know? And over time I was trying to, as I started my business, I I tried to make it as general as possible. So I was trying not to alienate a group of people, but make sure I include a certain amount of people. And then one day I realized that in order for me to be the best coach, I have to be the best coach for people who I can, who can relate to what I'm trying to give out. And that happens to just be the black community. Um, So if you're not black and you listen to this, doesn't mean that you can't adapt these tools or these ideas. It just means that they were, they were formed in the mindset of a black individual who's struggled with these and they work for anyone, but, sometimes the conversations have to be had for our community because of where we are. And this is why I decided that this podcast is going to be focused around achieving a legacy mindset and doing legacy based things in your life. And that's important to me. Um, And it's important to me because the more, people that look like us have success. The more people, children involved can see representation of themselves in our world. We, we get the wrong representation all the time. Media puts us out as wrong. Um, stories, history definitely puts it out as wrong. So, it's time to change that narrative and move on past what our past is and move into a better situation. So, so moving forward, when you hear me talk about the community, it's any community, any community that feels marginalized, any community that feels like, I wasn't taught these things because they they didn't have time or they didn't know any any community that feels like, hey, I just want to know how to take the next steps in my life. 
that's what this is for. So I invite you to go on this journey.